Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light. Joined by Ari Wasserman, national college football reporter. Ari continues to churn out content from our three-star U study we published last week. He had a column on Texas that was, I was going to say well-received. It was received by Texas fans. It was received. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did a mail, did, we, we did a mailbag. Uh, he's got another story coming on Monday, and but we'll get to that later in the show. Ari, good, I was going to say, it's good afternoon. Yeah, it's, we're, we're post, we're, we're afternoon. So good afternoon, buddy. How you doing? Hey, thanks for the uh the nice little intro there. I like that. I appreciate it. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to do another edition of Stars Matter, and uh, I hope you're reading. And if you're mad about the Texas column, then go to a math professor and yell at him because it's just simple arithmetic. All right. All right. Also joined by Manny Navarro, our Miami writer and our national recruiting reporter. Manny had an interesting read the other day about how the state of Florida is an actual underrated producer of quarterback talent. Dove into some numbers there. We'll talk about that in a bit. Manny, how you doing today? Doing great. And uh, thank you for that succinct response on Lake Ari. And uh, we got Grace Rayner, our, I was going to say, our, our very part-time Clemson writer, former Clemson beat writer, still keeps an eye on the Clemson Tigers, of course, but focused more of her attention now on the national recruiting scene. Uh, Grace is ready to call the Hogs today. She did a story yesterday in The Athletic on Arkansas's recent recruiting run has Sam Pittman poised to sign the program's best class in modern era. So we will be talking about Arkansas and other things Grace has been working on. But Grace, first of all, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Good to see all of y'all's faces again. Even Ari's? <laughs> yeah, okay. Lukewarm response. So, but, but we're going to cover all that stuff. A good show. We're going to talk about the new number one team in the 24-7 sports composite. Uh, talk about Penn State's foray into the state of Wisconsin. We're going to talk uh, Colorado's mass exit. Not necessarily recruiting, but it's all related to recruiting, transfers, and all that good stuff. It's Can somebody explain to me how that program is going to fill 70 spots in the portal? We're, we're going to get to that. <laughs> we're going to get to that very Sorry. soon, Ari. Um, and we're going to review the notable commitments. Like last week, there were a bunch of four-star uh, blue-chip commitments, mailbag, and trivia. We're going to get to Colorado in just a minute. But first, Ari Wasserman, there's a new number one team in the 247 Sports Composite. Do you know who it is? Yes, it's your Michigan Wolverines. Yes, it is. Two commitments yesterday. Top 100 pledge from Brady Prescorn, a tight end from Rochester, Michigan, number 56 overall. The highest tight end for uh, Michigan recruit in modern recruiting history, in modern the modern era. Uh, and then Jared Smith, defensive lineman from Connecticut, number 270 overall. That's now three top 100 players in the class, including the five-star quarterback. So Ari, we'll start with you. Um, Michigan is a, is a program that's taken up a lot of oxygen on this show over the past couple of years. Some of it bad, more recently, good stuff. The fact that they've got three top 100 players and a five-star quarterback, you know, I don't, the number one ranking is probably not going to hold. Average player rating isn't good enough, but more positive signs for Michigan. It's got to be, right? Yeah, I think that the 
thing that I always laugh about is the celebration of the ranking and not necessarily right. appreciating what they're doing, you know, because it's like they're not going to sign the number one class this year, but they're also drastically improving from the past year. Right. So, you know, the focus on, oh, they're number one. Yay. You know, that's that's not that doesn't matter. But what does matter is they've got three top 100 players in it. They've got a national prospect that quarterback and Jaden Davis committed. Um, they just got one of the best tight ends uh, in the country from their own state. Uh, they have a top 100 player from Ohio, though they're leading for another really good player in Ohio. And this tight end that they got has got to be a freak if he's top 60 player at the tight end position. Yeah, evidently so, he is like inline block. He can yeah, – Austin wrote yeah. about him. He's got all the skill sets to be a – and I think it's an important po- point you bring up. To be ranked that high as a tight end, you got to be pretty good. Yeah, so like I like their class that they're putting together. There's no question about it. It's drastically improved. And, you know, I think that, you know – really focusing on where they're ranked is kind of a disservice to the progress. So, you know, I mean, I guess, you it's know, cool it's fun one. to be number cool. one, yeah. you know, it's cool. But in April, you know, what happens when you talk about number one is that everybody looks at the average player ranking and you got the, well, actually, and it's like, don't worry about the, but actually just, you know, appreciate the ride. And this is kind of the direction that I was anticipating Michigan would have taken last year. So, um, you know, I've always been a believer that Michigan's ceiling is really, really high. Like, top five in college football high. And there's a lot of pushback from that, you know, earlier on in the Jim Harbaugh era because of the academic standards and the kind of the way that Michigan runs their program. But, you know, if they can continue this momentum and keep beating Ohio state and, you know, getting quarterbacks like Jaden Davis in the fold and and moderately improving year by year, like there's no question that, you know, a program that has all the money resources, uniform stadium geography can can do and of course academic prowess can do some big things in the sport so it's kind of fun to see it all you know get built up Grace, i want to put you on the spot here um because we talk about a lot when ari makes fun of me for talking about programs that were good in the 90s because that's when i was like watching college football and, and you know manny's a few years younger than me but basically the same generation so like i think of michigan football like kind of what Ari was saying, like, they should be awesome. And, you know, growing up in the Northeast, New Jersey, there's tons of Michigan fans, so I'm very familiar with the program. You're obviously younger. Your formative years of college football, ACC country, Michigan hasn't been that good up until recently. Like, wh- what are your opinions of Michigan football and its ceiling? football memory is I was, I think, a freshman in high school. I, I grew up, like, right by App State. So, so – um, that's my most oh. formative, like, Michigan. <laughs> so you think they should be in the so- SoCon, basically? <laughs> um, I mean, literally, like, a bunch of my friends went to App. I grew up, like, 45, 50 minutes from App. Um, so I was always one of those programs that I felt like should be really good. And last year, their recruiting rankings, Ari, obviously, we talked a lot about this, just kind of when they were going to get over the hump. But But this is the Michigan that I – expected um i didn't follow college football a ton as a kid but this is the michigan i expected but maybe didn't see in my formative years manny what are you what are your big picture views of michigan football you know being a south florida guy well i mean i I think they've always been a a legitimate you know top 25 program i just think getting to that championship level has has been their hurdle right i mean when when i think of michigan uh i think back to desmond howard and you know those great battles with ohio state and and Think back to, uh, you know, the earlier years with Bo, Bo Schembechler. And, and, you know, to me, that's what I think of Michigan. I think of them always as, as a blue blood, but I just think they've never been able to hit the heights that Ohio State has uh, in, in modern day because they haven't recruited at the same level Ohio State has. And, and obviously this is, I think, a signal that, 
you know, they, I don't want to say changing of the guard in the Big Ten, but certainly they're, they're kind of back on that level with Ohio State as far as the kind of talent they're pulling in right now. So uh, to me, um, you know, I, I study this always from a ge- geography kind of perspective, Mitch, and I noticed four of their commitments are from the state of Ohio. Last year they signed four in Ohio. They're literally going into Ohio's backyard now and Ohio State's backyard and pulling some good players out of there. So to me, um, it's impressive. It feels like something's definitely changing with this, with this program. Yeah, Andy, do you all- think that Michigan could sign 10 top 100 players in a single class ever? I don't know if they can get 10, but, I mean, maybe six or seven. I think I think they could. I mean, they, they come into Florida quite a bit. Um, everybody it's a national program. Does. Yeah, it's a yeah, national so program. I think I think right now making back-to-back playoff appearances is definitely help them in terms of being able to go into some living rooms and, and convince kids to, to commit, you know? You know, people um, used to think I was crazy if you go back and listen to podcasts from the past two years before they beat Ohio State once, and I would say Michigan should be signing classes with seven to ten top 100 players in it. They should be going toe-to-toe with Ohio State. And everyone thought that like it was just like an impossible, insulting thing to insinuate. And it's like now that it's kind of happening, like I still think there's a long way to go before they're really toe-to-toe with Ohio State. If you look class to class, it's not particularly close still, but it's getting closer. And for a while there, it was getting wider. Um, so, you know, definitely in the right track. And I'm excited to see how this stuff, you know, pans out. When you get a five-star national quarterback in your class, it's easier to recruit players who want to play with them. Yeah. So. And if they continue um, to, sorry, if they continue to recruit out of the portal, like they're being, very, they're, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say they're being very selective. They're just getting high end guys. So you complement that with the recruiting, then you get a lot closer to building an Ohio State type roster. And they should probably be the favorite to win the Big Ten this year. Yeah, I think they will be. Um, all right, let's talk about a team that will probably not be the favorite to win the Pac 12 um, Colorado. I, I want to roundtable this because we probably all have thoughts on it. And, and Ari and I actually. Speaking yesterday about this and a lot of kind of bounce around some ideas, and I've always I think everyone's excited or thought it was cool that Dion went to Colorado. Like it's good for college football. We're talking about college football. Football. It's good for business uh, and all that. But and I was pretty convinced or had an opinion that he was going to do well. Not maybe not this year, but like especially with the Pac-12 losing USC and UCLA, that he he they should be a top tier program in that league with the talent they're bringing. If I was eighty percent convinced of that happening. A month ago, I'm maybe 50 or 60%. I'm just, maybe I'm old school. This this past week has been alarming. Uh, kind of like Ari joked at the beginning, like how are they going to field a roster? I know that's just a short-term question, but I think there's something to be said about culture in college football. And, you know, running off this many kids, and I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, but, the you know, even the ones that aren't being run off, they're seeing what's happening in the program. No spots secure, and, and I just – I'm questioning a little bit the long-term sustainability of this type of program. So let's just go around, Manny. Let's start with you. What, what are your thoughts on what's happened at Colorado recently? Is it, is it, and has it changed your opinion of Dion's ability to win in the long term? Yeah. Well, as a guy who's covering sort of a rebuild down here at Miami and, and knowing that Mario wanted to run off a bunch of guys, um, you know, over a span of 18 months, uh, you know, as, as he sort of got to know this roster, to see Dion sort of do this uh, with the fast forward button on and just kind of holding <laughs> it and saying, we're just we're just going to do all of this now and, and pull, you know, kind of rip the Band-Aid off. It has been kind of surprising because I don't know, I mean, at least in my memory, I don't know of any other college coaches who have done it this aggressively. And to me, he's got to know that he's got a lot of players in the bag, so to speak, uh, as far as the transfer transfer portal is concerned to, to run off you know uh, the amount of guys that he has now look I, 
they were one and eleven last year. I don't. N- none of this should be surprising, right? Like they were really, really bad. So none of this is like, wow, he, I can't believe he dumped this guy. But there are some some core players that have sort of that w- that were starters for them last year that were pretty good players that have left, and and that that's been the the little surprise for me. But what what I'm interested in now is who who he really gets. How many of those guys are already in the portal, or how many of those guys will be putting their name in the portal the next couple of days because those spots are now available. So. I'm fascinated by it all. I think it's unprecedented uh, in college football to see a coach sort of go in there and, and make this much work of, of, of his roster this quickly. Yeah, I mean, fascinated is the right word. I think we're all fascinated. Grace, what's your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, fascinating, a little confusing. I think my biggest question is we've seen, like through David Ubbins reporting, just the way that Dion has parted ways with these kids. Some of them have never had conversations with him. And so I have a lot of questions about his ability to connect with people that he might not necessarily need, but will need down the line, AKA high school coaches. Yeah. I think that's such a huge part of recruiting is like being able to have a relationship with a coach that you don't need now, but might need later. And so um, that part is just, just the relational part I think is the most alarming part to me. Yeah, read, read all these. You guys know this better than me because you talk to high school coaches, but read all those recruiting confidentials we've done. And the, the message you get from high school coaches is, yeah, Coach Ari, he knew we didn't have anybody in the class this year for his team, but he came by, sat down with me, and I really appreciated that. So, you know, it, how big of an influence is that going to have on the type of kids Dion's recruiting, the top 100 guys from the top two, you know, blue chippers? We don't know. So, uh, but but that's well, a great you, point. Ari, you mentioned something in the, in the beginning of uh, your preamble that I think is interesting. It's like, I don't know. I still think that culture is important in college, right? And I don't think that anybody is disagreeing with that, but I think that what he's doing is eradicating the poor culture, right? Like that's what he's doing. He's getting rid of the lo- the, the the losing aspect of the program because the talent wasn't high enough and replacing it with his guys who will then form the culture that he anticipates having at Colorado. So I think the thing that's most shocking about this is it's not that it's not that it happens everywhere. It just doesn't happen to this scale. And you know, I don't know if this makes me feel like I'm more or less, um, more or less, think he's going to win or lose. I don't think that that's the happen. I just don't know if mathematically right. how this is going to work because, like, how many? Like, does anybody know their scholarship count? Do they have like 20, 20 guys on, on scholarship right now? I think it's in the mid twenties right so now. So if it's in the mid twenties right now, are you saying that he's got to go sign over fifty players in the portal? Well, I think there's some incoming freshmen. I- Right. I is it 20 just, including think, the freshman? I think the number is closer to the mid 40s. I think. Yeah. Is okay. How many they have okay. So they're gonna the they're gonna have to go get they're gonna have to go get uh 40 to 45 guys in the portal during a time in which the portal is much uh it's not as deep as it so was. Slimmer pickings. Yes. Right. So it's like if Colorado's roster was that bad that you can take 40 guys or 45 guys out of the out of the portal now and improve it, then I think that he did his job. Um, but. Also, too, it's like what's Deion Sanders' runway for success here? Because like they're going to stink this year. Like I, I don't, I don't think that that's even a, a hot take. Um, even if they have guys like Cormani McLean coming in, like he, and you would know this more than I was, I would, but he's like not supposed to be a day one Travis Hunter producer, right. you know. And, and I know they have Travis Hunter, and I know they have Shador Sanders, and you know a few of the other guys that they signed in last year's class. But like when you think about the depth and and the bodies that you need to win at a high level in this sport, Colorado doesn't even have the bodies. So um, 
you know, the one thing that I don't appreciate about him is he went on the Pat McAfee McAfee show on uh, Wednesday and McAfee said, you got 41 guys in the portal. And he goes that that only that much. Like, it's almost like it's just a such a the way he talks. It's like kind of disrespectful to me, like of just like these are kids that are just trying. And I know they're compensated and I know they've got more power now. But some of the guys I, I, I want to I want to butt in there because continue your thought. Like a lot of the guys he's running off aren't compensated. Yeah. They're just three star kids who were clawing their way. Maybe were a rotational offensive lineman in Colorado. They're not making money from NIL and wherever they go, they're not making money from NIL. They're just getting run off. Yeah, and if they get run off, that's part of the game now. Like, as much as we don't want to accept the professionalization of college football, it is what it is. Like, and I and I saw that Colorado offered these kids the ability to remain on scholarship at the university, uh, just not to. be on the team anymore. They have to, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you know, and people want to go pursue other options and play sport. And like, he was hired to win, and you have to do this to win. I just don't think that we've ever seen it happen this quickly and this drastically. So it's kind of a shock to the system. And I'm not necessarily sure. I believe that everybody that he gets in the portal is going to be an improvement over what he ran off. So to me, I'm more concerned about, you know, how he's going to fill out his roster in the fall more so than I am about the, you know, I don't know if I feel like he's more likely to fail now as a result of it because of culture, because he's going to tell his guys, like Andy said on the show yesterday, those weren't my guys. You're my guys. And then you form the culture with your guys. Yeah. So, and I don't know the kid's name. I think he was actually the lead to, to David Ubbins story, the tight end maybe who's was a, was a Colorado legacy. Like in call me as an offensive tackle. I okay, thought. call me corny, whatever. But like how many, how many stories do you hear? Like a team that goes to a bowl game in third year under a coach and they go seven and five, they were two and 10 the first two years. And the guys are like, we stayed with it. You know, we came in here, we, we won four games our first two years and, we built a bond with these guys and we grew up together. Like that kid specifically, he's a Colorado legacy. Don't you think he's going to bust his ass for Dion in, in Colorado and just discard him like that? I just, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like, I think you can hear that. I hear you can build a culture with some poor players who want to be there. There's probably some guys on scholarship there who were just on scholarship. They went to Colorado. Like, you know what? This is a cool place. Team sucks. I'll get a free education. Those are the guys you don't want in your locker room, but I'm sure there were some guys in there that were busting their ass and would love to have stayed. And maybe they wouldn't have contributed that much, but they would have contributed to maybe trying to build a winning culture. I, I think Dion's doing this in a way that so many other coaches wish they could do it. You know, he's kind of, he's kind of gone in there, like you said, and, and just, it's it's about his culture and wanting to set the stage. I think Mario Cristobal a year ago would have loved to have done the same thing, but I don't think he had the confidence that the school would, would necessarily back, you know, back him paying for 70 kids to go to school for free, you know? So I, I think he's just, he's just more brash about it. And I think there's a lot of other coaches who wish they could have done what, what he's done in their first year. Yeah. Also too, like those heartwarming stories that you see on college game day usually are with teams that have lost seven games in a year. Like you don't hear that with teams that are very often like Alabama doesn't have the heartwarming legacy who's happens to be on scholarship who worked really hard. And then in your like Alabama though, no, I know Colorado but is not Al- but Colorado. So what's Colorado's ceilings, Utah? I mean, like, is that what they, is they the should be? Utah think, or, yeah, I mean, I think Oregon? they're scoring with Deion Sanders, and if things go well, it's to be the best, one of the top two or three programs in the, the new look pack. I just don't think that Deion Sanders thinks like that. Yeah, that's like, fine. And I, look, and I love and I, that my you, opinion. He's got his opinion. You know, he, but he, I know his that you like, one that matters. Have like that, like, you know, student athlete, like you love the movie Rudy, right? Like, it's I've like never, that's, I've never seen Rudy. 
Really? You would really like it. I think no, you might even cry. No, I wouldn't. You know why? Because he's a Ponzi scheme and he rips people no, off cause financially? Because oh. I, I grew up and I don't anymore. This is don't. I grew up hating Notre Dame. So I never I wasn't going to watch any Notre Dame propaganda. So that's why I've never seen Rudy. Well, did you know what he did, right? I, I know like, the yeah, story, this whole financial scam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I know all about Rudy. Partly from from you, but I, I know all about it. So. Yeah, you should go read about the Ponzi scheme he created <laughs> and all the people he he stole from. Yeah, that was, is that was why awesome. you asked me to invest some money before the show? Part. Yeah, I asked. I'm. I actually, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, Grace, do not listen to uh, Ari's. Grace, I need two, I need two grand. Can I borrow some? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, actually, after I'll tomorrow, turn it into after, eight grand by next week. After, so the, after the first round of the draft, you might need more than two grand. You might need a house after the first round of the draft. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Next week, if Ari's doing Stars Matter from like a, a public park in Dallas, outside things maybe. If I'm still in well. Dallas next week, things went really, really. Oh wrong. yes, because Ari's, <laughs> Ari's supposed to be on vacation with his wife. So, uh, okay. Yeah. So, can we close the book on Dion for now? I'm sure we will talk about him in future uh, episodes. Sure, but yeah, it's, it's uh, there's no ever closing the book. We'll just put a bookmark in there from the Scholastic Book Fair. Yeah, Grace. <laughs> Grace, are you ready to call the hogs? Yeah, let's do it. Have you ever seen an Arkansas basketball or football game in person, Grace? Have you ever been no. amongst the call, hog calling? I probably no. have 20 it. times in my life. Do it. It is quite the scene. They do it. Do it. I'm not going to call the hogs. I'll do, do it. All. <laughs> the, the, the best part about it is, is when they hire a maroon. So the best part is when they hire a new coach and the coach gets up in the press conference with his family. And they call the hogs. It's like the most awkward thing ever because the person's never done it before. Never done it's it, just, that mean. Yeah, it's um, no. I've been to. I went. I've been to several, uh, many, many Arkansas games in my life. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Grace uh, published on Wednesday morning a story on Arkansas, and you don't see too many programs of their spot in the food chain. They got three blue chip commitments on one day last Friday. This is not just a, oh, look at Arkansas. They're, they're on a little run, and they're, they're going to be in the top 15 for a week or two. Like This, this might have some, some staying power, Grace, this class, based on their average player rating. This could be their best class in modern recruiting history. Yeah, that was the part that I thought was the most impressive is not necessarily that they have – I mean, they've got nine commits now, and we talked about this last week, how like I wish 24-7 would rank the teams by their average player rating as opposed to just how many commits they have. Okay, if Ari said that, I would yell at him and say, just take five minutes, Grace, do the math, write it down, sort it, okay? I did Grace, Ari, I will yell at Grace too. She just doesn't do much to get yelled at. Grace is right, though. 
So, like, I don't know what you would yell at. <laughs> I had to go do the, because, uh, you know, 24-7's broken past, like, 08. So I had to calculate their average player rating in, like, 2003 on my calculator. It was, like, Ooh. ninth grade again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think they've they've made a lot of progress sort of quietly. Uh, they picked up, as you said, Mitch, three blue chippers in one day last week, which I thought was really impressive. Um, they've gotten into Alabama and Mississippi, which I think has been interesting. And they're yeah, I mean Sam Pittman's just kind of on a roll right now, and I think it's fascinating just given the current recruiting landscape. Yeah, their their class very SEC footprintish, which you'd expect yeah. like Arkansas, Texas, Mississippi, and Alabama. Okay, we we do this a lot in the show. We just talked about with Colorado, like their place. I, I find Arkansas a fascinating program because it is in the SEC. Their fans, like every other most programs in the SEC, expect to win at a very high level. They have amazing facilities. They have great fans, support. They have everything you need, except they're in a state that does not produce a lot of talent. They only have four blue chippers in the entire state. They have won the SEC West three or four times, uh, but they haven't recently. Like, I just, it's sort of like South Carolina, although South Carolina has access to more players. The, you know, closer, you know, in-state and then Georgia and Florida and all that stuff. So, like, what what are you guys' thoughts on on, on Arkansas's ceiling? Are they just in stuck in a division with too many superpowers? Like, I, again, I'm rambling, but I just, it's a fa- fascinating program to me. I mean, I, I think Arkansas could be a team that surprises one year and wins the division and gets the SEC title game. Um, I mean, look, Alabama, right? And we talk about Nick Saban's age all the time. Um, when you look at the the rest of the SEC West, obviously LSU is there. Um, I know the Mississippi schools, but the reality is uh, when they when they go to this new 16 team format, right? And and I don't know what division they're going to end up being in. Um, why why couldn't they uh, surprise one day and, and get there? They've done it in the past. I, I I don't I don't see. I mean I don't think they're a national championship caliber program, but I certainly think they could be a 12 team playoff. You know, make it make a 12 team playoff one year. Well, that's the beauty of the 12-team, Manny. Everyone gets in. Yeah, <laughs> especially in the SEC, right? That's the- yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, my Pop Warner team could get into the 12-team playoff. <laughs> That'd be an accomplishment, though. Would we not look at Arkansas a little different if they made if they made a 12-team playoff? I would. I think I would look at them the exact same way, yeah. Okay. <laughs> which is why I, mean, I, I think yeah, the perception, so what, what, the perception, of, perception of, of Arkansas. My perception of Arkansas is that they are in a really tough spot geographically. Mm-hmm. And like in, in Grace's story and the point that she made that she they're dipping into other places, but it's like every player that they want, even in their home state, is going to be contested by five or six schools. It's like I actually think you can make a case that Arkansas might have the least advantageous geography of anybody in the country when it comes to competition. Like there's different rankings of like, are you in the boonies out in the middle of nowhere? Sure. That I'd much rather be in Arkansas than in, in you know, eastern Idaho or whatever. But I, I think that they have a battle for everybody all the time. And it's just like, there's some schools that just don't have that problem. Um, You know, I think that they are definitely a top 25 program, a top 30 program in the country. And, you know, it's funny, even when they were really, really terrible, their roster still was in the top 20 nationally. So like, they've always done a pretty good job of, of accumulating talent and not having a, a really bad roster. I just don't know if there's ever any shortcuts or ease to anything that they do. And whenever you have a pro like uh, ease problem that kind of trickles down into your program, I think, does that make sense? Like, yes, everything's like, hard thinking, for them. Everything's thinking like everything is harder for you. And if everything is harder for you, that's harder to be elite. Um, yeah. But 
also Sam Pittman is like beloved by everybody. So, you know, maybe he'll be the guy that, that pulls him out of it. But like going back to the playoff discussion, it's like if a team makes it as the nine seed, then gets their ass kicked in the second round by a really good team. Like it's the same exact thing as not making the playoff. Now it's just, we changed the score card a little bit, you know? So I, my perception of programs isn't going to change because they get in by default. My perception of programs is only going to change if they advance into the playoff uh, field and, and get to the final four. Yeah, isn't the perception that Sam and that Sam Pittman's just awesome? Everyone loves him. Great hire. Yeah, but doing a great job. Also, too, this year. Oh, I'm go just, ahead. Uh, his record in the SEC the last two years is seven and nine. So, like, it just tells you how hard it is. And Arkansas yeah. fans, I think, expect like ten and two every year. Like, I don't think that they they it's are a, super rational about going six and six. That's so. what I mean. They're like an SEC fan yeah. base. They they expect. Uh, they expect big things. Again, it's a beautiful place, Northwest Arkansas. Fayetteville's, Fayetteville's a cool place to go to school, and they have great facilities. And so they, they're thinking, Grace is working on a story for a couple, maybe next month, about NC State. And I think the per- perception there is like, why not us? We've got everything we need. Well, Arkansas, same thing. They're like, why not us? We've got everything we need. And there's a lot of programs that are like that. And it's just it, – but RI makes a really good point about the geography. It's just like everything is a battle for them. And in 2021, I think they started off. Oh yeah, 2021. They started off four and zero, and then they went it. to Georgia, right? Or did they? Is that the season they was, started with Georgia? No, no, no. They were four and zero. They beat A and M twenty to ten, and like they were like a tough because like the thing that I like about Arkansas is that they're kind of like trying to be built a little bit like Michigan a little bit in the South there where they're just tough, hard nosed offensive lineman mentality. And I was like, they were catching 21 points when they went to Georgia the next week, did not and well. I was convinced. I was convinced that week. You can go back and listen to the Andy show uh, that Arkansas had the like grit and like the physicality to like hang with Georgia because they're like, you know, they got KJ Jefferson, you know, things are going to be good. Their offensive line is tough as hell. They'll be able to move the ball, manage the clock. And I, I financially invested in that idea. And I think the score at the end of the, yeah, it was 21 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. And I just was like, I am such a moron. Uh, But you know, I, I do think that I could buy into the – like, Arkansas isn't a hopeless place by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, if you guys discount what's – well, South Carolina's recruiting at a better level than Arkansas this year. Um, so, don't let – try not to let that cloud your opinion. If you're a head coach and there's no divisions in the SEC, where would you pick to coach, Arkansas or South Carolina? Start with you, Grace. I'd pick South Carolina strictly because of the talent in my immediate like backyard. Like Charlotte's not far. Um, Atlanta's not that far. Bias. Oh, I'd go yeah. South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. You're biased. Greenville Homer. Uh, Manny. <laughs> I, I'd go with Arkansas because I don't have Clemson in my in my backyard, right? I mean, Clem- people still think Clemson's the best team in the state. Um, so I would think, you know, not having to deal with that would, would make Ooh, me want to go to Arkansas. Ari? Starting today? Yeah. Like I get to make the decision based on everything I know right now. South Carolina. Okay. Is has wh- wh- why'd you say like right now? Like what what's if you would have asked me months? to be the head coach at South Carolina when Clemson was at its peak, I'd be like Okay. I'd be like Yeah, I agree. I would pick Arkansas like three years ago for sure. But like now seeing that Shane Beamer actually is doing it, you know, I, I think uh Yeah, I don't know. I asked the question and I, I think I would that's what they're very similar. I don't I'd know what's going to happen to Clemson. Grace has to help me out with this. Like yeah, they go Grace, hire, tell us what's going to happen to Clemson. They hire oh, like this no. awesome offensive coordinator, and it's like, are they going to go rock shit again and win the win the national championship game, or is this the uh, long 
the long trip down the poop chute. Like, I don't know which one it is. <laughs> I, I just think when push comes when push comes to shove, like if Clemson really wants somebody in South Carolina, aren't they going to get him? Ooh, I you got to read his work, Manny. They missed out on a couple of to South Carolina this year, but generally the top two players in South Carolina are committed to South Carolina right now. Right now, we'll see. Ooh, oh, you're predicting a flip. What do you? No, I don't think they're going to flip. People? Race, yeah. do you? No, I don't think they'll flip. All right. We're, I mean, that's just yes. I don't. I don't know. I mean, Clemson's on their ninth quarterback right now. Like, can you? Like, I'm going to say that again. How many quarterbacks have they recruited so far this class, Grace? Four. If you Smiley, went and up to, uh, the guy you fell in love with, but he didn't go up there. What was his name? House, House Haney. Thank TCU, you. which I, I I might I may or may not have called him something like Haas Hedgney on the podcast in the past. But then, <laughs> how are you uh, supposed our, to know his how to pronounce his name? It's okay. Uh, no, I should have asked someone. There's twenty five thousand. Um, I didn't know how to pronounce his name until I asked. So okay, um, well, good for you. Good job, um, So in, we've been talking about Arkansas, South Carolina, uh, the number one player. We we talked about how great Arkansas is doing in state. The number one player in Arkansas is Walker White, who's going to Auburn. Um, over did they even recruit him? I'm sure they Arkansas? did. Because they got their quarterback after him. I mean, yeah, they remember when you did that? I think you, you were getting a Clemson story ready for it when you thought when you might go to Clemson. I assume they recruited him. We could go to his profile. but um, I'm the one who knocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's an interesting dynamic. Ari has um, yet to write about this kid, but we'll be doing so at some point. So Daniel, Daniel Kalin's kid from Omaha. He's from yeah, Nebraska. I got to call you about that. Should I write that today? We'll talk about that after the show. Okay. No, <laughs> I no like one, bringing no in one, like a production meeting. Yeah, no one's not the sausage is made. Um, <laughs> I don't I, know what to do. I really yeah. don't know what to do. And I got a vacation to get ready for, and you're just like really making it hard for me right now. I don't now. know how to talk to you about your story ideas while your shirt's on, Ari. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll take the tarp off for you. That's <laughs> okay. We might, have an HR, we might have an HR program. This is on YouTube too, so as well. Um, so Daniel Kalen's a – Quality kid, you know, quality three-star quarterback, ranked 509. Who knows, might go up, might go down in the rankings. In most years, I would think, Ari, he's a Nebraska priority. He's going to stay in state. But he committed to Missouri in large part because oh. Missouri was – you okay there, Ari? Sorry, Indians just hit a home run. <laughs> <laughs> the Guardians, first of all. Guardians. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna have to take 30 years of programming away out of my brain for me to remember that but yeah i know i know so did you hear a word i said uh you were talking about the quarterback <laughs> you're talking about uh kalen yeah, yeah daniel kalen in most years how he would probably maybe be a nebraska commit would have been a priority there but they have they put a lot of their eggs they put 97 percent of their eggs in the uh dylan rayola basket and you kind of talked to Daniel, I believe about that, about that dynamic and his decision to go out of state. He's currently committed or he is committed to Missouri. Yeah. So there's two stories here, Mitch. One <laughs> is what's Nebraska supposed to do in this scenario? They go yeah. all in for the generational guy that they wouldn't get any other year. They've got family connections. They go all in. But in the process, they're they're honest with Kalen about the idea that they are going for. And uh, Daniel said that he knows that. And like they were fine with about it. You know, like the fact that, you know, just like was a weird year and um, you know, maybe in another year he might have ended up at Nebraska and understands that everybody in Nebraska loves and cares, you know, a lot about them, but that it didn't work out for him. So it's like there's nobody really to blame here or to criticize here because it's like I'm not going to criticize Nebraska for going after the home run, 
but I'm also uh, not going to criticize Nebraska for not getting the home run. So he's committed to Missouri, and Missouri has done a tremendous job of identifying a player in the state of Nebraska that's not being prioritized and went and got and went and got him. So the story is: Did is Nebraska going to regret? This, I guess, is a certain angle to it. And is he going to go be awesome at Missouri? And then everyone from Omaha who or from Nebraska who's like still kind of salty. I think that Zane Flores, you right. know, went to Oklahoma State. Like, it's just going to be the latest thing in that in that trend. And would that be fair to do so? And then the other one is, of course, you know, congratulations to Nebraska for putting up a really good fight and, you know, being alive in the Rayola recruitment. And like, I need to figure out how to write that all in one. Yeah, so a, I need you to help me with that. Okay, we'll talk afterwards. Um, it's a um, interesting dynamic because, um, like Manny, like if you're a head coach there, like do you, do you go all in on the guy? And I'm sure they think or thought. I mean, the two leaves seem to be pointing towards Georgia now, but I'm sure at some point they were pretty confident they had a good shot at Don Raiola. Do you go all in on that? Like this isn't, you know, I'm sure they have their own evaluation of of Kalen as well. Maybe they right. don't think he's just. Maybe if they thought he was better than his ranking, they would have. Going more, going after him more, but I'm sure you see this a lot in South Florida with a lot of kids that probably think they're "quote unquote" entitled to go to Miami, but Miami might be prioritizing someone else. I just think it's a really interesting dynamic that the coaches coaches have to play in recruiting, especially now. So, especially now more than ever, like 10, 15 years ago, when kids were committing a month before signing day, you could play kids off during the entire process. But now kids are committing a year early, ten months early. You gotta, you gotta make a decision. Yeah, I think you always go for the home run, right? I mean, I think Nebraska played this the right way. You got to go after the, the number one player in the country, and and you know you could always backtrack or go to the transfer portal if you if you strike out. I mean, Miami basically did the same thing with with Aaron Nolan, right? I mean, they were all in on him. He was going to be their guy, uh, and then when it, the moment it looked like he wasn't coming here, they pivoted and went to to Plan B. So I I have no problem with Nebraska doing that. Um, you know, that's that was their best play in the long run, and. You know, maybe this kid turns out to be uh, a star down the road and you regret it because he signs elsewhere. But if, if they're able to make him flip, uh, you know, just as good. Yeah. Uh, Coach Grace, you're, you might be the nicest person on the podcast. Um, She's very nice. Yeah. So like, Although she you, wasn't very happy to see me today. No. Yes, are you, that is not true. Uh, so you said Grace, meh. So. <laughs> yeah. Are you just like, you know, Daniel, you're a nice kid. You're from Nebraska. Come on down. This other kid's from Arizona. We don't like him. What's Coach Grace doing in this case? I'm with Manny. I think they okay. played it correctly, especially with the family connection. Like, I'm all, I always like it when teams swing big. You, I think you have to swing big when you've got a family connection. So, I don't hate it, and especially with Matt Rule in year one. Like, I'd rather go down swinging and set that precedent than yes, than not try at all. <laughs> if Nebraska would have hired Matt Rule and then they would have bitched out and just taken the easy one. <laughs> Uh, my Twitter term would have been on fire. <laughs> Is that an official term? <laughs> Bitched out. Are you? Yeah. By the way, you're making a lot of noises. There's like I'm, I'm a, there's, yeah, there's stuff going okay? on here. I'm got a tickle in my throat. <laughs> yeah, well, we can hear. It, believe me, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely would be bitching out if you didn't like try to go f- like so generational opportunity. Like, how many times are you going to have the number one overall player in the country who happens to have these family ties to Nebraska? If you didn't go all in and tell everybody else he's our priority and then you just went and got the layup, and I'm not saying that he wouldn't be a great quarterback. Like, Daniel Kalen might be awesome at, you know, in three years you might hear an an ESPN broadcast about how he's a Heisman finalist and, you know, uh, Nebraska messed it up. You know, you never know how a kid's career is going to turn out, but, like, 
Matt Rule did the right thing. So it's like, I don't know if they played Nebraska's staff played it right with Zane Flores last year. And that one might be like, oh my God, Nebraska really messed that up. But like in three years, if they don't have Kalen or Rayola or two years and he's really awesome, I don't think that I think that might be the story of like, don't good job, Mizzou, but this isn't Nebraska's fault. Yeah. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um... Speaking of quarterbacks that we write about, that I read the story that you guys write, I'm like, man, this guy's going to be really, really good. It happens every week. Um, th- this this week's edition was from Manny on Trevor Jackson, a three-star quarterback um, from Florida, and I'm not alone because he got an invite to the Elite Eleven, and those mm-hmm. those don't those are coveted. And some other high, more high high-profile quarterbacks at the camp that he was at did not get invited. So you wrote about Trevor, but you kind of led that into what I want to talk about is the state of Florida and its quarterback production, because I guess I'd, I'd never really thought about it, but you're right. Like, I think the perception is that, you know, Florida is great for skill players and uh, some, some beastly defensive linemen, but maybe not quarterbacks over the years. And it, it, it's funny because they have produced quarterbacks and most of them are kind of three stars who have developed. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, n- they're not a lot of five-star or even four-star quarterbacks that come out of the state of Florida for whatever reason. Um, they just, you know, they're, they're not sort of, respected coming out of the high school ranks and yet you look at some of the results here I was I was stunned just because I looked this up just because the draft is coming up this week and I didn't realize this but since 2010 uh, the only state that's produced more first round picks at quarterback than Florida is Texas and that's kind of surprising right when you think about California and Georgia and all the great QBs that they've produced over the years um, Idaho is that <laughs> Idaho I don't think so Idaho no um but yeah, I mean, Anthony Richardson, who went to Gainesville East Side, is going to be the next one. He'll be the seventh first round pick. Um, can you guys name the other six? By the way, this is a good trivia point. Can you name the other six uh, Florida <laughs> products that have been first round picks in the NFL draft? Uh, how far back are we going? Back to 2010. It was in your story, right? Yeah, it was in my story. Yep. One of them. I'll give you a hint. One of them quarterbacked Alabama. Mac Jones. That's one. I mean, I, I read the story. I didn't know Mac Jones was from Florida until right now. Jacksonville. So. Yeah, from Jacksonville. I read the story and did the chart. Yeah, he's from Jacksonville. One what? of them is was a two-star who played at a group of five school. Yes. Is, is he out of the league now, Manny? Malik Willis? One of them is a... Not Malik Willis. No, you're thinking of Paxton Lynch. Yes. No, I knew who it was. I'm just, yeah. I was teasing these guys. Yes, yeah, was, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, and... One of them was the NFL MVP. Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Lamar. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, I should have known Lamar. Can you what, uh 
how many more do we have left here, Manny? One you of them's very famous. Well, you got four. Um, one of them won a Heisman. Uh, one of them was drafted by the Vikings. Another one by the Jaguars. I'll give you the teams. That should help you. T- is Tebow on there? Tebow is correct. That's one of them. He was the lone five-star, by that. the way. All right. The other two. Oh, were I know. Two. I know. I know. I think I know. Uh, Teddy <laughs> right. Bridgewater. That's one, correct? Is he one? Yep. Yeah. Miami uh, Northwestern. How many more left do we have? More. Uh, what do we have? One left. And you said Jacksonville? Mm-hmm. There's Jackson. only one person it could be. Because if it's not Lawrence, then the only one I can think of is Blake Bortles. That's correct. Where's so, he from? I don't uh, know. Bortles oh. was from, I think, Ocala, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Interesting. Um, um but kind of interesting anyway that you know Florida doesn't have much of a reputation for putting out quarterbacks. And if you look at last year's top uh 30 quarterback rankings, um, you had four guys from the state of Florida in there, which is actually tied tied with North Carolina for the most. Yeah, so, isn't Penix from Florida? Penix yeah. is yep, that's yeah. one. Um and Pratt from two lanes from Florida, too. Correct. And then Florida State's quarterback, who of course signed with Louisville, uh and Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis. Yeah. And the other one was James Madison's Todd Centennial. So, I mean, either way, I mean, it, it, it to me, it kind of was a little surprising stat. And I thought, why not attach us to a uh, recruiting story on a on, on maybe the next uh, good quarterback to come out of the state? So I'm going to transition. Kenny, you're a stud with the stats, man. I'll give you that. Like, you are a stud with the stats. Wait till, wait till the story comes out later in the week. What do you have He's coming out later in the week? You got more stats, stud? <laughs> He's got more geography. Got He's, more geography for you guys, yeah. Yeah, he uh, will tease a little research about kind of a formula – which states not produce? Whoa! Did you guys hear that? What is yeah, that? Yeah, that was pretty loud. You got a storm out there. It's a huh? thunderstorm, and I have to shower after this. What, is that a myth? Are you allowed to shower when it's lightning? I think. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna risk it for the biscuit. Well, I, I, I got. I, I smell bad. <laughs> that was loud. I'm nervous. That was. That loud. was I heard loud. it. Twins. Good luck, buddy. Um, Forgot what I was talking about. Um, I think we we're talking about college football recruiting, but not really Your geography. Uh, my uh, geography yeah, yeah. So, so he, yeah. it's like we know that like Texas and Georgia and, and California produce the best talent, but Manny has a formula of assigning values to like five stars versus top one hundred kids versus blue chips versus top one thousand. So, kind of a formula w- which states producing in this class, twenty twenty four class, use is producing the most talent. So that'll be out later in the week. Um, but I want to transition because Trevor Jackson, who you wrote about. I think the day after it published or the day it published, got a Penn State offer. And Penn yep. State has done very well. It's done a nice little run in recruiting, which should continue Friday. Um, but they're still looking for a quarterback. And there's rumors that Michael Van Buren, the kid from Baltimore, who they serenaded on his birthday, uh, is going to commit to Oregon this week. That's kind of the, the, the word on the street. And so Samaj Jones from Philly is, um, is a target. And I looked this up. They have not signed a blue chip in-state quarterback since 2010 i think it was paul jones um so now they're after samaj jones and and trevor jackson so that'd be just interesting how the quarterback dominoes are, are falling but they are going into wisconsin on friday they're expected to get Corey smith a running back that'll be their third wisconsin commit in the past few weeks i think they've only got one wisconsin player on their entire roster so we talk a lot about geography we were just talking about geography Ari, a couple years ago they made headlines. Wisconsin made headlines by getting Nolan Rucci from Penn State. Just kind of strange that I guess maybe coincidence or whatever. And we that they're going into Wisconsin nowadays. 
Yeah, definitely a coincidence. I mean, I don't know if it's like it'd be cool if it was like Revenge of the <laughs> yeah, Recruiting uh, Revenge. That's our next Star series, War, the Recruiting Star Revenge. Star Wars Thirty Nine, Revenge of the Sith. Is that what it was called? <laughs> I don't watch that stuff though. Uh, revenge of something, but yeah, no. Penn State's doing a really nice job. That's all you got. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Like, I, I, like that's the thing with Penn State. Like. Everybody Are thinks you, I'm a hater. Acknowledge Penn State. No, everybody thinks I'm a hater, but like it's like, what am just I there? supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Like they're recruiting fine. <laughs> they got a ninety point four four average player ranking. They've got twelve commitments. There's only one player in the top one hundred. Like they're doing great. You know, I mean, I, I, it's not it's not transcendent and it's not bad. They're just like in that same Penn State level that they are and they'll probably end up finishing with the a class that ranks in between seven and 12 or you know 10 and 15 i don't know like what they usually do and they'll be penn state you know like i you have this thing with james franklin because you saw what he did at vanderbilt up close and i respect that like doing what he did at vanderbilt you know knowing more about vanderbilt and how how hard it is like that's great um but like the proportion it's not proportionate how much he's improved penn state is what he did to vanderbilt right and it's sure. like you still think that he's one of the top five coaches in college football, and it's like I don't see that. So I don't know if I've ever said that, but you like are obsessed coach. with this guy. I you have not nearly as much in your house, <laughs> not nearly as much as you think. You got all those pages in the hustler behind you there. I don't know if there's anything about Franklin in there, but <laughs> like it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, he's what's the age, analysis? So it, uh, I, no, I, I'm think, wrong. What's the analysis of Penn State that I'm getting wrong? I, I think that's why. And I want Grace and Manny to chime in. This is sort of like, I don't know, this wasn't supposed to be like state of the program analysis. We're bouncing around like, where's this program's lot in life? But I think that's the frustration of many Penn State fans. Like, you, you, you've got to acknowledge if you're a Penn State fan that he's done a good job. I mean, there's no doubt they're a consistent winner. They don't, other than the pandemic year, I think that they've been, you know, one of the top 15, 20 teams in the country. There's they recruit at a pretty good level, but they're in a division with Ohio State and Michigan, and they haven't broke through. They won one Big Ten title. Like every like an SEC fan base, they expect great things. So I just think they're kind of like Ari said, they're just sort of there. It's almost like they'd be – if they weren't as good, then they could just make a coaching change and swing for the fences. But they've got this guy who clearly does a good job, but many of them think it's not good enough. Is that a fair assessment, Grace, do you think, of Penn State football? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think you hit it right on the head like they're just they are what they are every year um and i don't know that we're particularly surprised either way like good solid ready to declare them that's, a playoff team probably not like last year they go 10 and 2 and they lose to ohio state and michigan like that's just the that's like yeah. got to be the most frustrating and thing. every penn state fan in the world wants that to not be the case at least once out of every five years yeah and they did it once in 2016. They won the Big Ten. They would have made the playoff, but they lost to Pitt that year, I think. In the beginning of the year, they didn't get to go to the playoff. I know it was a big uh, point of contention because Ohio State went, even though they lost head-to-head to Penn State on the field. But it's just like you got to get over the hump sometimes. It's like you can maintain. And that's why like when he got that eight, what was it, a 10-year deal or whatever? Or yeah. He got, he got one of those guaranteed contracts. I was like, wow. Like they, This was like – I bet you if you did a random poll – of a thousand Penn State fans of would you like to see a new coach in there from just from a new 
perspective to shake it up and see if somebody can take what James Franklin built in terms of the sturdiness of the program and get them over the top, a large portion of the fans would probably want that. You know, I know John Hayes, our producer, is a Penn State guy, and I don't know that he's enamored with with James Franklin anymore. And it's like, you know, you can sit back here and talk about Penn State and the the two kids that they got out of Wisconsin, and one's a top 150 player, Donovan Harbor. He's a six foot three, 310 pound monster. Like that's a great get, but like you got to show me something like in, in totality before I start banging the drum. Like Michigan's class this year, it's not an Alabama class by any stretch of the imagination, but it's marg- It's it's significantly improved from what we've seen from them so far, and like that's why we're talking about it. But like. You want me to get up and clap for the number 13 <laughs> class in the country? I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. So call me a Penn State hater, but, like, it's the truth. Manny, what say you? Well, I just think, you know, I know Ari's not a fan of the 12-team playoff. He, he'd prefer, if you're, if you're yeah. not a 14. Well, they're the – yeah, they're the but, – But my guess is Penn State, like, if you were to guess, right, and say, okay, you're going to divide the pie every single year, and, and these are the teams you can count on to make the playoff every single year, right? Maybe three or four Big Ten teams, maybe five SEC teams or whatever. Mm-hmm. Penn State's going to be in the playoff every year, right? I mean, under James – They're the Franklin, greatest beneficiary of it, of right. the expanded playoff. There's no question. To me – and I think that might change their perception a little bit if they're in the playoff every single year. Right now, they can't even get to the Big Ten title game. You're hurting my heart right now, Manny, because I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to hit you. I'm, I'm, have, I'm telling you, we. That's the reason why I hate the expanded playoff is because we're reassigning what success is instead of demanding teams get better. But so I'm like, talking yeah, about Penn State will be perception. like. I'm saying the public you, perception is that the game changed. They didn't do anything better. No, I know, but what I'm saying is, in a couple years, like this stuff about why does James Franklin have a 10 year contract? He can't even get his team to the playoff. That's going to change for him now, like you yeah, can't change that. The rules are different. We, we right. allowed more teams in. It doesn't mean he did anything better. They're the same team. They're going to be the same nine and three team or ten and two team that loses to Ohio State, Michigan every year, and then they'll get into the playoff. They might win a first round game against Tulane, and they get their asses kicked. Like it's just, <laughs> I want to see. I mean, it's true. Like all these teams, it's like it's going to be. I've never been to a meat factory. I love ground <laughs> beef. But it's going to be a cow walking into the slaughterhouse, and all these teams are like, "Oh my God, we made the college football playoff! We're gonna have a good time!" And then, shoop, it's gonna hit right into right as the lightning hit, boom, right into Alabama, and they're gonna get their asses kicked. And think, it's like, does my perception of them of the program change once they get to that point because we altered the rules so that everybody can love everybody? No, it's not. I hate the playoff. I, I think for guys. I think for guys like you and me who obviously do this for a living, I think we, we understand that. I think the general fans won't. I think it'll it'll be a different in public perception when they're in the playoff every single year versus not even getting an invite to the dance. I yeah, think it's, it's just a participation trophy. Right. But but it'll help them. It'll help them look better. Ari, what's your favorite uh, steak kind of steak? I like a ribeye medium rare. I'm not like Deshaun who eats belts. You yeah. know, he gets like well done belts and just gnaws <laughs> out the leather. Yeah. Man, what about you? Filet medium. Okay. Grace? Filet medium rare. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. Mitch? Um, Mitch doesn't eat beef. I'm going out to dinner tonight for my anniversary. I think I'm getting a steak. So where are you going? Uh, place called the Rutledge House. I got a place. There's there's this little speakeasy in Nashville called Patterson's. Have you heard of this Patterson place? House? Patterson House. I think. Whatever it is. Okay. Me and Britt went there on our first date. Steamy in there. Like it's like you got the low. They got the low. The low lighting, they got the little. This is our 25th fire. anniversary. We don't need, you know, we're not, you know, this is the first day. Accidentally ate gluten and then like got sick. I know, for, yeah. Early. But yeah, then, it was, uh, it was really, really hot for like the first 40 minutes we were in there. And then we <laughs> had to leave. Yeah. 
until she turned into Augustus Gloop from (laughs) (laughs) Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, but I'm a two-time employee at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, so it's amazing how well... Like at a restaurant like that, when all they do pretty much is steaks, how those those cooks, the, the sh- whatever chefs, the masters. I mean, they get like thirty steaks on, and they're all cooked perfectly, and they just you know. Do you still work at Ruth's, Chris? I worked at Ruth's Chris twice. Yeah, I loved it. I was I was a busboy. I was great. All city. Are you gonna go boy. for a third time after this, or? I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I worked between my junior and senior year in college. I lived in Nashville. A bunch of guys. We lived in a house near campus, and uh, I just worked at Ruth's. Took a summer school class and worked at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. It was great. What was the actual day of your anniversary? Uh, April, it was yesterday, Tuesday. Wow, Tuesday I didn't wish you a happy anniversary. I didn't know that. Grace did. <laughs> <laughs> what time is your dinner reservation tonight? I'm not telling why. why? I feel I'm just curious. Finished. What time What time is it at? 6, 6.30. I'm up filing my story on <laughs> Daniel Kalen around 6.45. <laughs> okay, it needs tell, to be up by the morning. I'll bring, okay. I'll bring, my, I'll bring my laptop. I'll be, sorry, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the story. Ari talked to the kid two weeks ago, but he just decided to file the story today. Yeah, no, I wasn't doing anything else the last two weeks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Was that a little more thunder? You I'm actually kind of nervous because my mother-in-law is bringing home our baby from daycare, and it looks like the apocalypse out there. Okay. Well, it also, it, you've been mean to me, so your house is going to get struck by lightning. It's going to be karma. You can hear that, though, right? We heard the last one. Yeah. Mike says, Ari, stop making so much noise. Okay, Mike, that was, I'll stop existing. That was a half hour ago when you were like oh. breathing into the microphone. and Like, <laughs> like the Zodiac Killer? <laughs> yeah. You know I, when he used to call people's houses and just okay, breathe? <laughs> you, you know, we've, 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 my, my fear of bears is well documented. But when I was like eight years old, I saw something on the Zodiac Killer. And I know it's not like a lot of people are scared of serial killers because they kill people. But like that freaked me out. That movie. I've read the book Zodiac. Have you guys seen the movie? There's yeah. Yeah. I listened to a lot of podcasts about it, and it irritates me that we'll never know who it is. I know. Grace, thoughts on Zodiac? I can't do it. I can't do scary. Oh, so you have no theories on who it is? No, I haven't even seen it or read it. I can't. I thought it was Arthur Lee Allen, but it turned out that it wasn't him. Uh, There's the uh, there was one theory that it was the Unabomber. You know that? Yeah, I've heard that theory. Yes, like they didn't have any DNA from the envelopes. Yeah. Like so, we can't figure this out. You guys invest. This is my investigative team right there. Take, there take, are people on the internet are, who have spent their entire lives investigating this and didn't get it. Yeah, man, you're quiet. You no thoughts on the Zodiac killer. I mean, just terrifying. I, I watch a lot of the, uh, the Netflix documentaries on all this stuff and yeah. you do. Yeah. And, and my wife and I watch it and, and my kids run out of the room because they, they just, they're scared of it. So they're kind of like grace. Well, you should tell them not to be in the room to begin with, man. I mean, I'm trying to, well, my 12 year old loves mysteries. She okay. wants, but, but the moment they start showing these, you know, murders, you watch it, like a 12 year old watch this stuff. She does. She's, she's interested in it, man. Yeah. Well, I, she's 12. My kids were interested when they were 12 about certain things and I didn't, you know, <laughs> Oh, I do okay. listen to hardcore rap music with my kid in the car every day. So, you know, we're all have different parenting styles. Yeah. We listen yeah. to the Wiggles when, I, when my kids are <laughs> Are the Wiggles still around? I don't know I don't what know. that means. A good you don't know what the, do you know, Manny, you know the Wiggles, right? I remember the Wiggles, yeah. But I haven't I, seen them in years. I went to a Wiggles concert, concert at Municipal Auditorium in Nashville and the Titans defensive coordinator, who's, who's head coach in Detroit and Jim, whatever, but he was sitting right in front of me and just seeing the Titans defensive corner dancing to the Wiggles with his kid. Jim was, Caldwell, you're talking about? I'm no, no, okay. Jim. Okay. He's been he's been around. I just drew okay. blank on his name. But well-traveled defensive corner, but seeing him dance to the Wiggles, I'll, I will that never was, forget that. 
Um, <laughs> are we ready for a little trivia? What do you think about the Titans new football stadium and how you have to fund that through your taxes? Uh, I'm not a huge fan. In fact, like I don't pay attention to stuff that cl- as close as I should because like, I mean, it just sort of is what it is. And, and I probably don't know all the details, but like, I thought it was going to be like no state, no taxpayer money and all this stuff. And now I'm reading all this stuff. It's like $1.2 billion and all this stuff. And I live in Davidson. I live in Davidson County. I live in Nashville. There's a lot of people here that live in surrounding counties, which I guess the tax burden doesn't fall on them. So um, don't love it, but that's hilarious. Yeah. What? Hilarious that that you have to pay more. Yeah. No. (laughs) Glad you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for your sympathy. I hope uh, the draft goes well for you tomorrow night. Yeah. The uh, the uh, the stadium looks sick, though. I'll give you that. Yeah, it'll be cool. I mean, no doubt it'll be cool. All right. Ready for a little trivia? Let's go for it. Okay. How many people did the Zodiac Killer kill? <laughs> it wasn't well, how many was it? Like eight? Like twelve, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, from two thousand, this is from our five star research, our okay. three, four, five star U research. So it's from two thousand nine through t- two thousand and nineteen. So I should get this right? No. I mean, it may, maybe you get a couple of them because, but it's, um, eight programs signed two or fewer four stars and none of them didn't sign any five stars four signed zero four stars and four signed one four star can you name them hmm. kansas is that one yes yes wake forest correct it's Wait. zero two or one no two uh it's one or i, I probably um it's one or fewer. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, what, zero, or one. zero or one. Zero or one. Zero, right? Wake in Kansas signed zero. And Georgia these, Tech. And these are all power fives? Yes. Georgia Tech. Um, Duke was one, right? Did no. You, uh, yes, right? yes. Duke, Duke was Duke uh, one, one of the ones with one. Yes. Yeah. So we've gotten Syracuse. We've got, we, hold on. We've got GT, Wake. Kansas, Duke, and Syracuse. Yes, so we've got five. Washington, Washington State. State. Yeah. So yes. Right, Manny. Yes. Um. Uh, go to the bottom of the of the standings. Right? So you got two more. No. Um. One or more. One of, oh, Arizona. Yes, I was gonna say one of them is one of them is the alma mater of one of the co-hosts of the show. Yeah. Arizona. Arizona. And you guys probably don't know this, but the other is the alma mater of one of my fellow cultural ball editors. Indiana. Bingo. Wow. Good job, Grace. Good job, Grace. All right, that's a good team Grace effort. Close right that there. out. Co- collaboration. Everyone getting she a big month ahead of her. She's working together. Yeah. She's got a big month ahead of her. So she's just, uh, <laughs> you know, she's. She's coming out swinging. I love that about you. Thanks for thanks for closing it out. Yeah, and, and you know we haven't uh, hammered out all the details, but in a few weeks we we might have a uh, show with all four of us in the same room at the College Football Summit. That's going to be exciting. We'll see. We'll see about that. Our <laughs> <laughs> rooms in like fifty degrees. We're all going to need. Yeah, we're going to do it in my room, and you have to have like, oh yeah on yeah. <laughs> have you ever had a trip where you don't know where you're staying? Because that's happening to me right now, and I'm anxious about it. In Chicago or Turkey yeah, Chicago. Coast? Do we know who we're where we're staying? Um, I think we were told at one point, but I really don't know. 
we had an editor's meeting in Chicago a couple years ago. We stayed at a hotel downtown. Um, I assume we're staying downtown. We do Chris, have you're, a hotel. You're going to go running with us on the river? Manny, I don't know what it is. Is it a Marriott? It's not me. a Marriott. Yeah, so, are you want to go running with me when we're there? Sure. Yeah, I, I have to work out all four days we're there or three days we're there. How much cardio do, do you do in your uh, Quite workout? a bit because everything that I do is in between. I've got to do cardio in between everything. It's awful. It's on the treadmill or? It's all sorts of different Bike? types of cardio, okay. like throwing balls at each other and stuff. <laughs> it's awful. Um, I was going to say something, but I forgot. Are we going to get a basketball game in? I, I mean, hope in so. Phoenix, it was kind of hot. That was super hot. That was scorching. <laughs> yeah, it was outside. Um, yeah, Grace, how's your hoops game? We went over this, right? Yeah, you played hoops, right? When you're yeah, I played high school basketball. My mid range. You played high school basketball? Yeah, I did. Well, everyone in North Carolina plays high school basketball. I didn't know that. Yeah, were you a uh, center? Yeah, give us a comp. You know? <laughs> what 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 recent North Carolina or what North Carolina men's player from the last twenty years would you compare your game to? Would I compare my game to? Yeah. Jeez, Armando Baycott. I wish. <laughs> I love Armando. Ari, you don't know this about me, but yes, she I'm loves like, Armando Baycott. Much about how much I love Armando Baycott. Rashawn McCants. Yeah, yeah, Mike Zimmerman. Rashawn McCants. I still have a Tyler Hansbrough poster in my childhood room. Oh, nice. I did not know you played. High- did, did, so, did you start like your senior year? Well, so I went to boarding school, as right. you know. Yeah. So the level of competition was a little sus. Um, did you get buckets, Grace? Yes or yeah. no? So, yes, I started. Yes, but... Did you get buckets? How many points did you average? <laughs> like, I need a stat like line. 10? I don't know. 10? 8? This 10? is amazing. Oh. I'm going to start calling you Dr. Buckets. <laughs> yeah. You average <laughs> 10 points a game? This is amazing. Okay, let me tell you this, though. My high you school need to, You need to hoop with us. This is how, like... This is how it is in boarding school. Like, my high school basketball team... Like, there were, there were like, two people who could make a left-handed layup. Like, it was just not... It was just not... Were you one of them? Yes, I was, okay. but it was it was rough. Did they draw plays for you? Like coming out of a timeout down two? Was it like get the ball to Grace and clear out? No, we lost like every game. Like <laughs> literally every we beat the homeschoolers once, which was pretty awesome. Nerds. How do you get the homeschoolers together? What do they all like go to the park and practice <laughs> after school? I don't know how that works. I really know. No, they're like homeschool like Gabe's high school baseball team last year played homeschoolers. They beat us. Did they win? Um, yeah. You lost to the homeschoolers? We split, but they yeah, they embarrassed us when we did we split. We beat them at home. They beat us on the road. They were like just some like stu- like the Titans or just some made up name. You know, it wasn't like anything. Could you imagine of- my father trying to homeschool me? I can't believe Ari right now. What about like, you trying to homeschool? Verifi- is there any yeah. verification that they're passing the tests? They have to take tests, standardized tests, I believe, and stuff. I know, but are they proctored by their parents? I think so. It's becoming more. I actually have, you know, I, 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 Gabe, I coached a bunch of kids who were in a rec league who, play, who were homeschoolers, and they were perfectly good kids and normal and well adjusted. They just, their parents. Some sometimes they live out in the you country. You can scam the system, is what I'm saying, because yeah, but you still got to take like the SAT and stuff, right? The SAT is optional, isn't it? It's only if you want to go to now. College. But uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, to to get your high school degree, you've got to pass certain state tests. So I don't know, probably. Speaking out of turn here, I don't, I don't know. So, uh, but I'm just floored that Grace was a double digit score. Not double yeah. digit, double, double, double. Yeah. So how many D1 offers did you have coming out of high school? In her last game, she had 10 points, 13 rebounds, 14 assists, and 12 blocks. That's a quadruple double right there, man. Nice. <laughs> One of my teammates played at Presbyterian. That was like, really? the, yeah, that was like the pinnacle. She was really good. Yeah. 
You ever lock her up? So it sounds like you were the second best player on the team. I don't know about that either. My freshman year team was really good. We won the conference, and then it went just completely kaputz after that. Like, did you did you have to travel a lot for games because you were boarding school? Like, were there schools? Yeah, I went to Raven Gap. The story. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, I went there. Um, Yeah, we. uh, But the Asheville area has like a decent number of schools in the area. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to come up for next pot. We're going to more. We're going, to interrogate, we're going to interrogate you more about the last yeah. time we played with the athletic. Were you, did you, were you guys there for that? Say that again. Eric single was when we played pickup in uh whatever city it was. He blew, he like just absolutely annihilated me. I like fell over. It was oh, really, so- that was an indie. That was when I was the national. There's video of it somewhere. It's yeah. like the worst but, moment ever. Yeah. So we played in Arizona outside a little bit. And I remember. I'll tell you yeah. one thing. If I get, if I'm ding you up, Grace, I'm playing like, you're not scoring on me. I'm not allowing you to humiliate me like you humiliated all those high schoolers that you went against. No, I was so those bad poor, at our those poor years. kids from from homeschool that you were breaking their ankles. No, it was, we won like forty four to forty three or something. It was a real thriller. So did you hit a buzzer beater? No, probably not. <laughs> did you shoot free, one more question? How what was your free throw percentage? Ninety three percent. It was not that good, honestly. Did, did you get to the line much? Yeah, I just like that was basically what I did every time. I just went to the paint, went to the foul line, and missed. Like that was the whole game. So not only do these homeschool kids have to be at home all day, then they go out and get interaction <laughs> with their friends, and then you go in there and put a shoulder on them in the paint. Is that what's I happening? I drew a lot of fouls. I didn't make all my foul shots, but I did draw. So you're a lot. James Harden, is what you're saying, without the free throw <laughs> attempt. Yeah, and without the beard as well. Yeah, mm. so. All right, this is this is digressed. Yeah, this has gone I, off the rails. Again. I was going to say, you ready for trivia? But we did trivia like it seems like twenty minutes ago before we found out that Grace is a high school legend in Carolina. Oh my gosh! So, Ari, thank you for listening to Stars Matter. We will catch you next week.